Watch the video version of this podcast at olderandwiser.com. Hey everybody, welcome to Older and Wiser. As always, we are uh, perusing recent public opinion surveys and joining me to do that, my good friend Susan Sakara up there in Northern California. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. Did you see this first survey we have today? I don't, you're a Catholic, so I'm especially interested in your sort of perspective on this. Here's the headline. 45% of Americans say the U.S. should be a Christian nation. And, I, and I, I assume don't know it was why done by matters, Christians, right? Why do do Christians feel that it's essential that America be declared a Christian nation? I, I, insecurity. Mm. I think when people feel that, I think they're insecure. I think they need some kind of validation behind them. I don't. If to me, if you are practicing anything, I don't care if you're Jewish, Buddhist, Catholic, Hindu, whatever you are, if you are confident that that is the way that you and God have a relationship, you believe in God and you have a relationship with with God or a supreme being, then fine. You don't need the rest of the nation to be on the exact same page. There are certain things, not if you are confident in your own faith. What is happening to us? Are we, with this new conservatism that seems to be eking into our world, are we sort of militarizing Christianity, it does, you know, I thought Christians were just going to church and enjoying their lives, but now it feels like there's, 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 they're more um, interested in making sure the rest of us believe what they believe. Uh, let me say this. Um, I think it's judgmental, and um, I think it's also very... Um, it sort of says, it assumes you're as good as God, if not better. Um, interesting thing. I had, oh. I had gone to confession once and, and um, confessed something, and then I still felt guilty about it. Okay. And then somebody said, in terms of talking about this, this apparently is not uncommon, but somebody said, if you, if you going to confession in your mind says that God has forgiven you, if God has forgiven you and you haven't forgiven yourself, don't isn't that you putting yourself above God that you believe in? Mm, yes. So uh, yes. God's forgiveness was not enough for me. I still have to hold myself to something. All right. Um, and it's it's kind of the same thing with you all have to believe what I believe. No, I think we have to agree to certain things that will make a society civil. Uh, I think going in and shooting people in a, in a school is wrong. I don't care whether you have a religion or you don't have a religion. You don't need a formal religion to tell yeah, those you Those basic things that we know, uh, good and bad. I think we can all agree on most of that. Right. It's just this this identification with a particular religion. Um, according to this survey, six in ten U.S. adults uh, say they believe the founders of this country originally intended for the U.S. to be a Christian nation. I fi- I'm glad you went to there because I was going to go to that next because a lot of people who say this, you know, they are always calling on the founding fathers. Okay, the founding fathers put together something but wasn't part of what they put together, the freedom of being mandated to be a particular religion. Isn't that why supposedly people came here from England? They didn't want to be in the Church of England and you had to be at That's that time. Right. So That's they came right. here That's for right. religious freedom. 
freedom, to escape religious persecution. Why would you leave someplace to have something and then undo the something and make everybody else live according to the standards you escaped from? According to this survey, 28% say that the federal government should declare the U.S. a Christian nation. Again, I don't think the federal government needs to declare anything to anybody. And I don't understand the, the, the need for that or why people feel it's well, important to do that. Fortunately, it was only 28%. Over half say the federal government should never declare any particular region. They as should the not. Official. There's, a, there's a separation of church and state yes. that is um, a basis. But a lot of people these days are saying that that isn't what was intended by the... Uh, our founders, the separation of church and state. And many believe that religion should have a greater role in, in our federal government, which doesn't make any sense at all. I, it's I, exactly I, the opposite of what that says in the Constitution. Yeah, don't know I, why. I, I, don't, I don't agree. I think religion is a, um, a moral code for you personally. I think it's your relationship with a supreme being, God, if you will. and um, And if it informs you if it brings you closer to god a particular religion and informs you so that your behavior is better in terms of how you treat your fellow man or woman then fine interesting topic okay let's move on to our next headline uh survey reveals passengers actual thoughts when it comes to reclining seats sharing armrests and more so we've made a, a very critical right turn here in <laughs> in the seriousness of our topics uh well maybe but, not you know, Maybe, Maybe not. not. Maybe not. Let's talk about airplane travel. Um, when you're sitting in your seat and the guy in front of you pushes that button on his armrest and shoves his seat back into your face, I don't know. It's infuriating. What do you think? I think it's infuriating, but I don't necessarily think it's the guy's fault. I think it's the fact that they they squeeze everybody in like sardines to get the last possible buck out of, you know, the consumer. Yes. Um, I understand that things are expensive, but either put a few more bucks on the ticket and take a few more seats out and give everybody space so we don't have that. That's probably why you have all this tension in the air. People are screaming and hollering That's at everybody. exactly. You feel like you're trapped and, and that you're just claustrophobic. That's right. I think when they first uh, built airplanes and put reclining seats in airplanes, they were uh, spread out more. I think uh, what happened was as airlines tried to make more money, they added rows and squished the seats together. Yes. And now these reclining seats are kind of, um, they don't work because if you literally, if you recline a seat these days in a crowded plane, you're really impinging on the person behind you. Yes, and that and that yeah. space was um, free and floating in the days of old. And now, y yes, somebody's yeah. now in your lap almost. Most people do not consider flying now a lovely experience because right. they are crammed in, because everybody's crowded. Because it's just all of this stuff. And there's no wonder the bad behavior is going on because somebody who really doesn't have much of a moral code that we were talking about before, you know, gets easily irritated and wants to take it out on somebody. 77% of travelers recently surveyed that they did think it was rude to fully recline your seat, according to this survey from The Vacationer. 45% uh, of passengers said they would just never recline their seat at all. And I'm among those. Um, I'm 6'4". I'd love to recline my seat, but I don't do it. I will 
take a long flight and just not even eke my seat back an inch if I yeah, can. Yeah, no, I probably it, wouldn't. Yeah. Or I, at least I would look to see if somebody was behind me. If it was empty, obviously I would. Um, if somebody was there, I might ask. Or if I see that behind me someone is maybe, uh, like you say, a very tall person or maybe a very heavy person mm-hmm. or does or right. just looks uncomfortable, you know, how long is this flight yeah. going to be? I mean, if you're right. if you're antsy, then get up and take a walk around the plane and then come back. I mean, and you I can might also, do it if the there way. was a child. Yeah. If I knew there was a child behind me, somebody who had no concern about leg room or any of that. Yeah. Um, also, on this survey, they were asking the whole question about the middle seat. Haven't been in a middle seat in many years, but I always felt as though if you've got the middle seat, it's kind of an unwritten rule that you get the armrests because they can. The the, the guy on the aisle can lean this way. The guy on the window can lean to the other direction, right. but you're stuck. Yeah. So, um, so give the person in the middle the two rests. I agree. You would think that would be true. Sixty-three percent of people surveyed about the armrest sort of protocol said that they never abide by that, or maybe only abide by that sometimes. Sixty-three hmm. percent. Over half people go now. Screw that. Screw that. I- I'm putting my arm where I want to put it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just know. said I think if you're taking a quick flight somewhere, like, like if you were going between San Francisco and L.A., or between San Francisco and even Phoenix, which is not all that long, um, you know, you have to sort of say to yourself, "Can I?" Suck it up for a little bit of time here. I mean, yep. you know, what's going to happen if I can't lay out like I do on my couch at home on this flight yes. that's going to take an hour and 20 minutes or something? I, I You know, I don't know. I, we're yeah. getting a little soft, I guess. Now, what about luggage? Um, you know, it's important to be able to find a space to put your bag Correct. over your seat Sometimes, and on particularly crowded flights, you may get to your seat and realize all the uh, luggage compartments are full or nearly full. I've had that happen. And if I kind of suspect that that's going to be the case, I admit that I have actually thrown my bag into a seat that was forward. You know, on my way to my seat, I'll see a spot and I'll put my bag in there. And apparently that's kind of a, not a very nice thing to do because you could be taking the space of a person who's going to be sitting in that seat right there. Yeah. I would say, you know, travel as lightly as you possibly can, take as few things as you possibly can and cooperate once you're on board, because that's what's going to get the plane off on time and everybody's going to get there safe and sound. Here's a good one. Hopefully. 63% of travelers surveyed said they would never take their shoes off during a flight. How about you? Do you I've would done you take it in the past. Um, <laughs> I have to. I didn't want to admit but, it. But, you know, not, yeah. I mean, I used to fly quite a bit. When we lived in the Virgin Islands, um, we came back and forth quite often. And I would have sandals. But I didn't like to really walk around. I would probably put them on if I was going to walk in the aisle. In fact, I don't want my yeah, feet on the floor and I don't want my feet on the carpeting there. So I'd have to have something else to put on my feet, I think. Well, two things. One, you've got to have clean feet, clean socks, and you need to keep your feet down in the footwell and do not like put it up in between the two seats in front of you. People no, do that. gosh, no, I've never You could be that. sitting somewhere and a foot will come up between you and the person next yeah. to you because the person, yeah, that's to me, that is hideous. I, um, I, I, would thing, rather, I would rather that you put your seat back and recline than I have to look at your foot 
next to my arm. <laughs> the other thing to, to consider and be aware of is that if you take your shoes off and there's an emergency, like uh, you hit some turbulence or, God forbid, you, you have to make an emergency landing, the, you might lose those shoes under your seat because they go somewhere, they slide. And then you are in a situation where you got no shoes on, but you have to make an evacuation from the plane with no shoes on. So I feel, I feel like I, I think all that stuff through in my mind, like worst case scenario. So I think I would probably not take my shoes off. Also, today. if there's somebody else paddling around in bare feet and doesn't care more than you don't care, and you walk on that carpet, and that person has some kind of athlete's foot thing going on. <laughs> Disease. See, and the fungus yeah, on CVS. All right, let's move on. According to this survey, uh, drivers have a lot of trouble with road signs, apparently. Uh, MyVision.org surveyed more than 1,000 drivers about road signs and other distractions when that they face behind the wheel. Um, wait, 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 wait. A yeah. road sign is not a distraction. Oh, that's a good point. A road sign is an informational item not a distraction yeah yes. a stop sign is uh, there not to distract you it's it's to get your attention and make you stop so let me let me rephrase that a thousand drivers were surveyed about road signs and also distractions they face when behind the wheel okay how is that yeah that's better english teacher <laughs> you are well, it may, it, it's, it's important to discern um, the difference there According to this, 60% of drivers have trouble on the road because of bad signs. Uh, road signs can be tricky. I really hate it when there's a big split in the freeway coming up and there are multiple signs overhead telling you which lane to get in. Uh, my, I feel my heart racing and trying to make the decision as to which lane. To, you, okay, you know the, you know the freeway the, from, the, uh, from San Francisco across the Bay Bridge. When you have to figure out what lane to get in there's the 80 going one way the 580 there's two 580s and then there's a there's another one that goes downtown oakland it creates such um, panic in my head every time i do it and i've done I it agree. a million times that this is why i rarely get in my car and drive that way i i'm not kidding i i can't tell you the last time i did that and it's not because when i get there there's no place to go there were there are places to go there are restaurants there are shops there are all kinds of things but honest <laughs> to goodness yeah. getting there i feel like yeah. i've almost had a heart attack because it's like <laughs> oh my gosh which way do i go you know and, and i think yeah. uh, no I, it's got to be clear maybe they need to yes. color code these things and not make it all green and white print i don't know um you know, maybe red lanes go yeah, this green way. Green and to the white city. print is a question. I, I think it, they look nice in green and white. I wonder if black and white would be easier to see them. I don't know. I don't um, know. I don't the, know. I hate it when you're driving into the sun and the freeway signs are in between you and the sun. Yeah. And you can't read them. And they're, you're looking for your exit and you simply cannot see the sign. Why don't they put some sort of laser lights or something? in the letters to so you can read it in any lighting situation i don't know bob why don't you call somebody and ask them <laughs> you uh, know what i mean i'm uh, sure I'm there's better ways a, to i'm using this now as just a forum for my complaining that's all yes well there's yeah uh, you, yes you are <laughs> and but i think your complaint resonates with a lot of people and i have sometimes felt that signs could be better i'll tell you what does irritate me about signs sometimes uh, every now and then, 
you'll see where somebody wants to do some cute little font that's too small. <laughs> yes. It's adorable. It says, we're a village, not a town. Oh, baloney, you're a town, number one. Number two, you know what? <laughs> Either use a clear font, but make the sign big enough so I can see what street it is. Yes. I mean, come on. Even uh, street signs are that way. That, let's start with those. Let's, cute little yes. streets. The crisscrossy ones, you mean, at yes, the intersections, yes, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. Yeah. Small little signs. And sometimes they'll give you a sign for the street you're approaching, but they won't give you a sign to tell you what street you're on. Sometimes I'm not even sure what street I'm on. That's true. They need, need to. That. I mean, I they need that. to mark this a little better. I found that in downtown San Francisco, for the most part, when I was frequenting downtown a lot more, um, I did find that most of the street signs were large. And if yeah. I went to another town or if I went back, East to visit the family, I would notice that I think, why don't they make the signs bigger like they do in California? Um, yeah. Or at least in our They're parts. trying to be cute. They're trying to be suburban. Yeah, cute doesn't cut it. it. You want cute? You no. go on HGTV and do a room makeover. You want to, I, you want me to know where I'm going when I'm sitting there driving, what, two tons of steel or whatever it is, and yeah. I want to know where I'm going. I don't want to be looking around and then people are honking because you don't know where you are and then you've got to pull over and where are you and you go around the block and you're wasting gas and I it's a nightmare. Fix no, the font. No, big cities have it covered. Big cities know New York, San Francisco, Chicago. When you, you know what street you're on because you can see the street signs. You need a plain uh, font and it needs to be big enough and there needs to be a high contrast. Black letters on um, a white or off-white sign is what's going to work. Apparently, one out of four drivers think they should not have to be tested uh, for their driver's license once they've done it once. So if you're 16 years old and you get your driver's license, they think that's good enough for a lifetime. Well, I have to say, they're probably wrong, although I would hate the idea of getting behind the wheel and taking a driver's test with somebody because <laughs> of an unclear direction or something. I would feel like, oh, my God, I failed driving even after I've been driving for a million years. Yes, so, I do not want to have no. to take a driver's test. But but in reality, and what do you think about seniors re being required to be well, tested that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're yeah. the ones that don't want to take the test. But on the and other yet, hand... We don't want to lose our licenses either. No, but you also, also you do have to take the written test every couple of years. And if you're failing that badly, then that may raise another flag on the official side. So... Um, we, we could probably do a whole episode on how to take the keys away from an aging parent. Um, you know, because at some point... I would think children t will recognize that the parent shouldn't be driving long before the parent realizes mm -hmm. it. And you, he, will, he or she will fight you to the end to keep that car and keep those car keys. I will say that um, I was lucky with my, with my mother because as she at some point realized she didn't really want to drive anymore. She didn't feel that she was quick enough or she, for whatever reason she decided Aww. she wasn't using it. She was paying too much. So she, uh, she got rid of her car. She sold it. That's great. She recognized it first. You didn't have to uh, yeah. force the keys out of her she hand. Also, and fantastic. when she was in New Jersey, she was my brother was living with her, and he had a car, so she needed to go. And she had friends who were a little younger who could drive. There's always call a cab. You can do that, too. Um, there's ways to get around. I have friends our age who uh, have said, you know, I don't. 
I don't need a car. I mean, a car is an expense. You know, it's the insurance. It it's is. the upkeep. It's the gas. It's the gas. <laughs> uh, it's the gas. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind somebody driving me around. Yeah. I mean, nice. it's, you, although so I you like the have to freedom wait for to be able to jump in the car when I want. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, other than that, think about the. You don't have to park it. You don't. I mean, it's just easier. You know, it's good to be queen. According to this survey, 22% have have resorted to calling 911 on a bad driver. I've wanted to do that. Have you ever done that? No, uh, when I've somebody never, is I've, like I've driving recklessly, you want the cop to catch them. And but you know, you, if you call 911, they're not going to catch no. them, and they're not going to even be bothered by you. I think probably by the time you stop, pull out your phone. Call the cops. Uh, it may or may not be too late, depending on where you are. If you're in some back roads in a local town, then, yeah, you could do it. I saw a particular car, particular color, model, what have you. You're probably not going to have the um, the driver's license because you might not have had time to write that down. But, um, I mean, if you can, fine. But, you know, at some point, I guess somebody will catch this person. The problem is catch yeah. them before there's an accident. That's always my concern. And I, yeah. once I see somebody doing that, I'm always afraid that I'm about to come upon uh, a big uh, traffic uh, block, and it'll be mm -hmm. because that guy had an accident. I tell you what I, what I do, though, now, and I'm sure a lot of people do this, and I don't think it matters whether you're younger or older driver, but if you want to avoid the problem, if I see somebody driving crazy or trying to speed or get ahead of me or whatever, I let them go. I stay my distance. Yeah, just let them go. No, right. you got to get out of their way. That's yeah. the real thing to do. Just get out of their way. Make make space. 92% have seen someone else texting while driving, but only 16% of respondents admitted to actually texting and driving themselves. Uh, I've seen people text, and I have to admit I'm among the 16%. I know. <gasps> you didn't. I've done it. I've texted You've and driven. You've texted? Do you do it with Not voice? Not a lot. Not a lot, but if somebody else, if, if it's somebody, if it's my kids or something and I'm driving and I can't get the voice activation thing to work and I'm, and it's a wide open road and I can do it real quick, I have done it and I know that's wrong and I'm sorry. Uh, can you pull over and park and do it? No, that's a situation where it's like it's on a freeway or something where I can't, there's no pulling over. You can't okay, pull over Okay, but I try park. to understand one thing. Even if it's your kids, and I understand you want to, for sure, answer oh, them as good as you it. can. No. But, yeah, you can have an accident, and then you can't I get an accident. No, I'm right. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have done it. It was wrong, and mm -hmm. so... My apologies. Finally, nearly 7 out of 10 admit they do other things at a stoplight rather than pay attention to the road. So when you at pull up to a stoplight, do you like rummage through your purse? Do you like put your makeup on? Do you write an email? Well, <laughs> gotcha. I have checked my lipstick. <laughs> um, but and generally speaking I don't touch it up unless I know I am sitting at a light that notoriously is going to be at least five minutes sitting here half my life is going by no yeah, I, yeah. I generally don't I fix my lipstick in a car in a mirror and I am most often 99.99% parked I think that's reasonable I think you know listen we just have to be aware that we're not endangering anyone's life. And you're absolutely, I feel like if you're at a stoplight that you know takes a long time because you've been at it a million times and you want to check your makeup, check your makeup. You know it's what? It's not going to kill anybody. You know what the bottom line is for this? Focus. 
one thing at a time. Yeah. We are so multitasking oriented. We think we're going to get points and trophies in the big grade book in the sky. We'll get A pluses if we can do nine <laughs> things at once. Trust me when I tell you, eight. if you're doing nine things at once, eight of them you're not doing well. That's a good way to close this episode of Older and Wiser. Although, we still need your thought for the day. So, Susan, what is your final thought for today? Um, focus and uh, do unto others. It should be, get you through. Okay. I love it. Uh, that'll do it for us. We're glad you joined us today on Older and Wiser. For all the stuff that matters when you're 60 plus, visit us at olderandwiser.com. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye, Susan. Bye-bye.